Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody is feeling okay after a tough weekend. It was almost a, a perfect sports week for me. So close, so close. I mean, Alabama won the Iron Bowl. The Broncos won an ugly one against Cleveland, now on a five-game winning streak. Obviously, CSU men's basketball with one of the most incredible regular season wins of my lifetime, of a lot of your lifetimes. We're going to get into some more takeaways from the Hall of Fame Classic, talk about why this CSU Hoops team should be ranked. We're not done talking football, obviously, on the pod. Recruiting season is heating up. You've got the early signing period right around the corner. We'll talk some big picture stuff. We'll get into the the season takeaways in the coming days, but definitely, definitely tough to stomach that this football team is not in a bowl once again. I appreciate everybody that tuned in to DNVR Rams Live. It was a really active comment section. Win or lose, you guys have showed up all year, and it just means a lot to me. So shout out to all of you. Anyways, let's not dwell. Let's keep the vibes right. Let's talk about CSU men's hoops. And the first thing I want to say, just after this 6-0 start, after seeing the Rams pull off their first top 10 victory since 1984, the administration really needs to be proactive and not reactive when it comes to Nico Medved securing the bag. He has built an incredible program here, and he inherited just an absolute mess and the consistency with which the Rams have been competitive now, the feats they've been able to pull, he's going to be a a really hot name for a a lot of openings at bigger schools. His resume, it it grows more impressive by the season. Already has three 20-plus win years. This will probably be his fourth. I mean, multiple ranked wins at this point, multiple MTE titles potential for a second NCAA bid, maybe even a conference title for CSU, which would be huge, something they have not done very much in their history. He signed David Roddy over Big Ten teams, then sent him to the NBA in three years as a first-round pick. He signed Isaiah Stevens and kept him for his entire career. He's going to go down as probably the greatest player in program history. Nico Medved is honestly one of the best coaches in college basketball. I legitimately believe that. And I do credit Joe Parker and the CSU admin for getting him to sign multiple extensions over the years, being proactive in in some regards. But now is, is where it really counts here because especially with, I mean, we all know his history with Minnesota and the the current projection of that program is not looking very hot under Ben Johnson. Pretty good chance that job opens up. I think you got to reward Nico with essentially football coach money at this point. Currently makes $1.1 million, which is good for a basketball coach, especially if, if you're not at a high major. It's going to escalate as his deal goes through 28 to 29. So ultimately $1.3 million, which is currently what uh, Dutcher makes at San Diego State. That's the highest in the league. Second highest is Alford at Nevada at $1.2 million. I think you got to find a way to try and bump his salary to at least 1.3, if not like 1.5, and have it escalate to closer to 2 as the, the contract goes on. Critics will point out that 
that's a lot of money, especially for a coach that technically doesn't have an NCAA tournament win yet, but it's coming. It's certainly coming. And I'm telling you, at some point, someone is just going to throw the the bag at Nico because he's too good of a coach to not get it, quite frankly. Obviously, I can't speak for him. I don't want to make it seem like I am. I don't get the impression that he would jump for just any job, especially if it was a spot where he didn't have a good chance of competing consistently, even if it was for a, a decent jump in pay. But if they can just give him that bump and take that out of the picture, it could just really go a long way. I mean, loyalty is a, a two-way street. At the end of the day, we always talk about coaches and being loyal to programs. Schools and programs got to be loyal to coaches, especially when they're doing it the right way. What Nico has built, it's bigger than just acquiring talent. Certainly, this team is really, really good, and I think they're going to be ranked. We're going to get into some more takeaways from the Hall of Fame Classic here in just a second. But to compete the way the CSU has as consistently as they have, to win a game over a top 10 team that decisively, that's culture. That's guys buying in. That's effort. I've been so impressed with this team, the way they've been able to just hit the ground running in a competitive slate. Really something else. And kudos to the staff. They're obviously tremendous recruiters. So yeah, I mean, I guess the long the long point summarized here is just that you got to reward coaches that do it the right way. You got to be proactive and not reactive. And if you don't pay that man, somebody sure as hell will. All right, we're going to keep the hoops talk rolling here. But when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker are here to help. Bax and Shanker win for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. And they now have neighborhood locations in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins with the ability to serve all of Colorado. They've got over 30 lawyers, 100 staff, Bax and Shanker help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be a stressful process. With game time, it's never been easier or faster to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever. They've got killer last-minute deals. They allow you to see the view from your seat before you buy it. And my personal favorite thing about game time is that there's no hidden fees. So many different sites these days. You go, maybe you want to go to a Nuggets game or even a Rams game or something like that. Wow, only 15 bucks. Then all of a sudden you get hit with, you know, 16 more dollars in fees and it it just doubles the price. With game time, the price you see is the price that you get. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of an event, even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for sports. Uh, sometimes you can save up to an average of 18%. And with a game time guarantee, you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 
Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. The Rams are now 6 0. They're coming off of a 69 48 victory over. Number eight, Creighton. It is the second largest margin of defeat over a ranked opponent in Rams history. The largest was 24 points over Wyoming all the way back in 1950. Actually, CSU's first ranked win, at least according to the the media guides. So truly a moment in history. First top 10 win since 1984. It's their fifth top 10 win in program history. They also beat number 10, Arizona State, 91 to 80 back in 1974-75. They beat number 7, USC, 72 to 54 in 62-63. And they beat number 7, Utah State, 68-60 in 1959-60. Don't know why they don't just show the actual dates in the media guide. I guess I could have looked them up, but it's been a long time since the Rams have won this type of game on this type of stage. Huge, huge moment for the program. And I guess all I've got to say is... Rank the Rams, you cowards. I firmly expect CSU to be in the top 25 when that poll is announced on Monday. I don't think that there are 19 teams better than CSU. I think I said on DNVR Rams Live that I expect the Rams to come in at number 22, though. I just usually you don't jump into the top 20 right off the bat, though. You never know. You did pull off a top 10 win for CSU. Resume pretty strong at this point. Have fluctuated between about 25 and 30 on Ken Palm since that win. It changes constantly. But definitely just a really solid start to the year. I think the Rams have set themselves up phenomenally for an at-large bid. If they pull off a win against CU, they're certainly in the driver's seat as far as controlling their own destiny and reaching the NCAA tournament. I still think they should be taken seriously as a league contender. Even after that win over Creighton, it still feels like a lot of the national conversation still revolves around San Diego State, Nevada. There's a ton of love for New Mexico. I get that it's Patino Jr. there. I get that they've got some name recognition with Jamal Mashburn Jr. And I am a big Jalen House fan. Don't get me wrong. It is a very good team, as is Boise State, though they seemingly very much miss the presence of a guy like Shaver just having that true point guard out there. I just don't think there's a more complete team outside of maybe San Diego State you can make the argument for. That's, I mean, what Ladie is doing right now is is insane. They're they're very deep. I'm not trying to besmirch the Aztecs or, you know, make it seem like I'm not respecting a program coming off of a NCAA national championship appearance. But when you just look at the way CSU was built top to bottom, they're so deep. They're so versatile. I don't know. I, I just I don't understand why the, the Rams are considered, you know, the, the fourth or fifth in that tier. Maybe they won't be anymore, but I just feel like a lot of that conversation has stemmed around those other teams. Anyways, I've gotten really sidetracked here. Let's let's get in some takeaways from the Hall of Fame classic. Starting with the win over Creighton, this was the best defensive performance I've ever seen from CSU. It is somewhat of a different Creighton team than I saw at the Pepsi Center Ball Arena, whatever the hell it's called now, for the NCAA tournament last spring. But they did have Baylor Shireman and Ryan Kalkbrenner. And those are two guys that can absolutely take over if you let them. I saw Kalkbrenner go for 
I think it was 31 and seven and three blocks against NC State, holding him to 12 points and seven rebounds was a testament to CSU's effort. That was really the name of the game in this one was effort. Defensively, offensively, it just seemed like CSU really had Creighton out of sorts, a team that came in scoring over 90 points a game. You hold them to less than 50. I just thought, big picture, one, this was really encouraging in regards to CSU's ceiling and showing that what they're they're capable of, especially when they get the, the offense rolling, they're going to hit way more shots than they did in this one in, in most games. But when they, they play defense like this, they can hang with anyone. But I really thought this was encouraging for CSU's ability to play physically, especially against teams that have a size advantage, which is always going to be a factor against teams like San Diego State. And the NCAA tournament's a good example. As good as that team was a couple of years ago with Roddy and, and Isaiah and everyone, you know, Deshaun, Thomas, there were times when they kind of got bullied around, you know, outside of Roddy. You just put some size in the paint and it would be tough. Namus Keda of Utah State was a guy that really had great success against CSU. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson in the NCAA tournament was a really tough matchup. That that lineup in general, too, was just not a favorable draw for CSU in a Big Ten city, too. NCAA selection committee not doing a, a six-seed many favors with that one. Getting back to the original point, though, I'm not sure that teams with just a seven-footer are going to be able to present the same types of issues for this CSU team, especially after seeing the way they were able to bang physically in the paint, the way they were able to score in the paint successfully, have an impact on the glass against both Boston College and then again against Creighton. It was great. They had 15 offensive rebounds between the two games. That was a big concern for a lot of people, especially after not having a single offensive board in that first game. I'm not sure I'd ever seen that before. But they had seven against Boston College. They had eight versus Creighton. They also had 16 steals between the two games. The Rams are just really overwhelming right now. They get out in transition. They get back on defense the other way. They're making a presence on the glass. They're eating in the paint. The one thing that has been a little up and down at times this year is the three-point shooting. They obviously have the ability to go off. We have seen that. But that has been kind of a tendency throughout the Medved era. They've been a little hot or cold at times from three-point shooting. In the past, if those shots weren't falling and you didn't have a guy like Roddy or maybe Isaiah going off for 30, it was it was a recipe for disaster. Nowadays, this team is just so versatile. They can score in so many different ways. They have so many different guys making an impact. Going into the tournament, you had four starters averaging double-digit figures. Now you have Josiah Strong really breaking out as well. This group is just so well-rounded, and everybody goes out and does their job. It's a very business-like approach, people fulfilling their roles in, in certain times. You've had guys step up and have moments. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Joe Palmer, he maybe isn't going to be your first pick in a pickup game, but, man, do you want that guy on your team? Just feels like every loose ball ends up in his hands. He's been an impact as a rebounder. He's made an impact as a jump shooter. Some of those threes he hits are really timely. Just always provides a spark. I love this team, and I love that guys can make a really big impact without having to score. You look at the defensive effort of Neat Clifford, who statistically, this was his worst game offensively against Creighton, but 
what he did on the perimeter as an on-ball defender was huge. Josiah Strong is, is so impactful as a defender. I've liked the effort from Jalen Lake this year. There's just been so many guys pitching in. They really made a statement out in Kansas City. Beating Boston College decisively, that's one thing. To beat the number eight team in the country, a, a program like Creighton that competes year in and year out on a national stage, that's a whole different level. And this was awesome. I mean, uh, of Baylor Shireman's career, he's a guy that's a high-volume scorer. At 23.5% shooting in this game, that's the worst game of his career in which he's attempted at least 13 or more shots. He was 4 of 17 in this one. That's a 22-game sample size, too, so it's not like it's a, a small look. Really strong collective effort defending him. We already talked about the, the impact on shutting down Kalkbrenner as well. Uh, they were able to win both of these games by double digits despite opponents getting 33 free throw attempts and CSU only getting 14. Think about that for a second. They beat Creighton by 21 on a day they only had five free throw attempts. They shot 47% from the the field, which is not bad, but they were only 26% from three-point range at 5-19, and and they still won by 21 points. That's defense. That's effort. That's owning the glass and making an impact in the paint. Just wow. That's some San Diego State shit, honestly. You only hit five threes. You only made four free throws. And you beat a team that typically scores 90 plus by 21. That really is some San Diego State stuff. As far as some of the uh, individual takeaways go, I've never seen a better true point guard at the collegiate level than Isaiah Stevens. I understand I'm young, and admittedly, I've been a much more devout college football fan on a national level longer than I have uh, been a college basketball fan. But, I mean, he's like vintage CP3 out there with the, the way he's able to do whatever he wants. He's able to get to whatever spot on the floor he wants, where, especially in the mid-range, good luck if he gets his look off. It's going in. Those little floaters... He can score in the paint. He can kill you in the half court. The way he facilitates for others, it's just it's unfair. And his shot making continues to get better and better. Each year, I keep telling myself there's no way he's going to top what he did last year, and he does. He just does. Right now, he has 17.5 points per game, 7.8 assists. He's shooting 59% from the field, 53% from three-point, and he has a 4-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. I know the joke was always about David Roddy being a quarterback, but Isaiah's in Brady mode right now, Peyton Manning mode, locked in circa 2013 with that Broncos offense. There's just, there's nothing on the floor that he can't do. And he looks more explosive than ever. He's getting stronger each and every year. I just hope that Ram fans recognize how truly fortunate they are to watch a guy like Isaiah Stevens, who really is as skilled as anybody in the game. You won't find a, a smarter, more skilled college basketball player in the game, any position. There are guys that are bigger, more explosive, more athletic. I understand all that. But just in terms of being in complete control 100% of the time, making everybody on the floor better. There just are so few guys like Isaiah Stevens. And I know that He's not the, the biggest guy in the world, and that's going to hurt his, his draft evaluation. But watch this guy in the crunch time. Watch him get off a shot wherever he wants, anywhere on the floor. 
against any player one through five and tell me that's not going to translate. I just, he's a pro. He's a, he's a pro basketball player playing a fifth year of college hoops right now. And the way that he elevates this roster around him is it's Jokic esque. And I really think that the way he shares the love, the way he disseminates the ball, it's very similar to the nuggets where it makes everybody want to give that much more effort. It makes you want to cut because you know, the ball's going to come your way. If you do, it makes you want to get to that corner for an open shot. Cause you know, it's coming your way. You're not going to just stand there on the perimeter and be stagnant. You know, if you keep moving, you're going to get rewarded. I just can't say enough good things about Isaiah Stevens. I really can't. And I think it's special because I've said it a million times. He could have gotten a bag anywhere in the country, but he stayed loyal to Medved. He stayed loyal to CSU. They got to put that number four in the rafters when it's all said and done. And I think he had a really, really big week for his pro stock. I think some of those shots he made uh, along the baseline just got some of those those mid-range jumpers he's able to create are insane. He's gotten really good at the step back three over the years. They're now creating opportunities for him to get more catch and shoot threes, which I think will help his pro stock as well to just show how lethal he can be. If you put him in the, the right spot, he's sick out there. He's absolutely sick out there. And I just, I'm so thankful that I get to cover this dude and that I've gotten to for a half a decade and it's not lost on me how truly unique he is. So if I wax poetically about him multiple times this year, understand where I'm coming from. Uh, Some more individual takeaways. I was really impressed with Kyle Evans being able to come in and play effective minutes with Cartier going down. That obviously presented an opportunity for Rashawn Bemba to make a really huge impact, and they needed his 13 points in a major way. He showed the, the value of playing with pros in this one. For one thing, He's so strong and thick. He looks a lot like Roddy out there. You're not going to be able to to push him around as a 19, 20-year-old. It's just not going to happen. But he also doesn't get sped up. He plays at his pace. He had that really nice bounce pass in the paint after kind of a chaotic sequence, and it was a great instance of him just surveying the the court and finding the guy in motion, creating a high-quality look, not panicking. There was another instance where he was down low, and Kalkbrenner's behind him, and instead of trying to force it up, he just waits a second, does a little pump fake, gets the the guy in the air, and he's able to score with ease. He just He's a really high IQ player for a freshman, and you see the value of playing with, the, with grown men in Austria the way that he did. I think come confidence play, he's going to be a really big factor for this team, and he may have to be even sooner, especially with... Uh, this Cartier back situation, we don't really know. Kevin Lytle of the Coloradoan reported that it seemed like he was dealing with back issues going into that matchup and obviously had to leave really quickly in that one. If they lose Cartier for a long time, that's definitely going to be a substantial loss. Fortunately, they probably can weather the storm okay here for a little period of time. Just, you know, Joel Scott can score a little bit more. If needed, you feed him some some touches in the post. Kyle Evans can come out and, and be effective. He proved that. He's ready for the moment. He was a guy that shined last year, too, before he got hurt. Just really kind of got buried in the rotation out of circumstance. The fact that uh, a fifth-year veteran, one of the best players in the country at the D2 level, and Joel Scott coming in, and then you know Bemba, who's very unique, has played professionally overseas. It's just a, 
it's a unique spot, but they do have enough guys, I think, to weather that storm for a while if needed. The fact that they have so much length and athleticism throughout their rotation is a big boost. You're a little less dependent on Cartier being a a one-man show down low like he had to be at times last year. I know James Morris had his moments too, but it's just a much different situation. Neat Clifford and the length and athleticism that he brings to the table has been so huge defensively. It's been a big impact on the glass. He's been such a natural fit, just cutting and taking advantage of those catch-and-shoot threes. I've, I've loved to see it. Love to see Josiah coming into his own. I'm really excited about the potential of this team. And obviously, you've got a, a huge game coming up on Wednesday in Moby Arena. Looks like it's sold out, I think, from what I saw online. So it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Big opportunity for the Rams to continue building that NCAA tournament resume. And obviously, anytime you have an opportunity to beat Boulder, you know, you got to take it. I would say last year was, if not the worst, one of the worst performances of the Medved era, the, the game against CUN Boulder. As soon as Dion came in, the energy in that building went through the roof. The Rams just completely fell apart. It was one of the few times under, and you could tell how upset Medved was, so I, I don't think I'm saying anything he would disagree with. It was just, it, it was one of the very few times he kind of felt like they laid down. And it, it was just really disappointing. So you have a chance here to respond in a major way at home. You have all this momentum coming off of a top 10 win. This is where you've got to seize the moment and capitalize. All right, we'll get more into that CU matchup in the coming days here. Big opportunity for the Rams. I, you know, I've watched the Buffs a couple of times. They're certainly athletic. They've got some, some decent size. I just think they really lack a true point guard. That's my opinion, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, before we wrap up here with my updated top 25 for college football, final one heading into the postseason. before we see what happens here, I do want to shout out the homies over at Hero Bread. Hero Bread is soft and fluffy. It's delicious. It's got all of the, the taste and texture that you've come to know over the years. But what's awesome about Hero is it's high in fiber, ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar per slice. If you use the code uh, DNVR, you can get 10% off your first order. Just go to hero.co, use our code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.co to save 10% today. Additionally, if you are in Northeastern Colorado, of course, our presenting sponsor are the dispensary for you. High Plains strains provide top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. They have three locations, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. So if you're in Northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering ahead online at highplainsstrains.com. And what's really cool is all their locations have drive through so you don't even have to get out of your car. So convenient. Use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. You can get a full ounce for $80. You can get Veritas 8s for $25. Mammoth 1-gram cartridges are $15. Or Exquisite Extracts are for $4440. Remember, use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. All right, before we get out of here, I am going to give you guys my updated top 25 for college football after the final week of the regular season. 
I know we're all still licking our wounds here when it comes to CSU, but still a lot of college football action. I'm obviously a big draft guy. I'm a big national fan when it comes to college football. So it is something we will still talk about on the pod here. It's not like we're just going to put our head in the sands and, you know, plug our ears, la, la, la. We don't see it just because our Rams, unfortunately, came up short. Uh, but at number one, I've got Michigan again. I just think with the, the win over Ohio State, they deserve to be there. Georgia struggled a little bit with Georgia Tech. I understand that they've looked really strong in the coming weeks in. I still think they've got a great opportunity to win the title, but I think Michigan is the best team in the country. I've got Michigan at one, Georgia at two, Florida State at three, undefeated. You know, I, I worry about their potential long-term without Jordan Travis, but until they lo- lose, they deserve to be there. Same th- deal with Washington. You know, I've got Washington at four right now. I think Oregon's significantly better, so does Vegas, which is why it's like a nine-point spread for the Pac-12 title game. But head-to-head does have to matter, especially in these instances where it's, you know, like they have the same resume outside of that one game. So I have Washington above Oregon, who I have at five. Then I have Ohio State at six. Ohio State maybe with a small chance to still sneak into the playoff. They would need some chaos in front of them. I have Texas at seven, Bama at eight. Again, I think Bama is better than Texas right now but with essentially identical resumes, Texas deserves to be above them. Texas arguably with the best road win in the country going into Tuscaloosa and beating them earlier this year. I've got Missouri 9, Ole Miss 10, OU 11, followed by Penn State at 12. Those are the two lost teams. I think Missouri is the most complete of all those teams. They've played a pretty tough schedule. They've hung impressively against some of those top SEC teams. And I just I I don't buy Penn State's offense. They're not that far off from Iowa, in my opinion. A little more competent. Anyways, keeping it moving at 13, I have Arizona, arguably the hottest team in the country, followed by LSU and Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels hoping that uh, Oregon loses to Washington. If that happens, Daniels probably the Heisman winner. Although I think there's an outside chance that. Milrow can take it, especially with the throw he was able to make to beat Auburn, the throw, the runs he could make. He has an opportunity against Georgia. I really do think the, the Heisman will be dictated this weekend. What Daniels is doing is is absolutely wild, though. I, I get why the, there are a lot of people that would like to see him win it. I really do. At uh, 15, I've got Louisville coming off of that loss to Kentucky. They were flirting with the top 10 there, pushes them back. Then I've got Iowa followed by the the G5 teams. I've got Tulane at 16, then Liberty, Toledo, James Madison, Oregon State at 8 and 4. You could make an argument with that fourth loss, they shouldn't be in the top 25. I have them at 21, followed by NC State coming off of the win over North Carolina. Uh, then we got SMU and we wrap it up here with um New Mexico State who under Jerry Kill, really, really fun team. Unfortunately, no Mountain West representation in our top 25. UNLV screwed that up by falling to San Jose State. It'll be UNLV versus Boise State for the Mountain West Championship. After all the chaos, after all the unique teams being in the mix this year, it'll be very fitting when it's still Boise State that wins the league. And they seem to have figured some things out offensively. They're playing hard for Spencer Danielson and GNT's back, which is huge. Fitting, very, very fitting that it'll still be Boise. Uh, we'll talk plenty of hoops here in the coming days. We'll get into more big picture stuff football-wise. I'm not sure I was as articulate this morning as uh, I, I would have liked to have been. 
in my defense, I was so very tired and so very disappointed. I saw somebody comment that I was giving off disappointed dad energy, which felt very accurate. I'm very rarely a guy that's going to get super heated on here or anything like that. It's just not the energy that I bring, but this one stung. This one stung in a major way. As I said on that show, still believe in Jay Norvell, still believe that this program is trending in the right direction. They were consistently much more competitive than what we'd seen in years. The improvement we saw on the offensive side of the ball was significant. The regression we saw defensively was also significant, though, and it's just tough. Another year of not beating any of your rivals, not getting to the postseason. I mean, those are your two biggest goals as a college football team. So while I do think that they are growing, that they are getting closer to turning the corner and that you want to keep committing to the things you're doing well, try and fine-tune some things, there's a lot of pressure going into next season, and they just, they've got to turn it around. It's just been far too inconsistent, far too uncompetitive in the games that matter, and to lose this way after losing very similarly to UNLV was was definitely a gut punch. It was peak CSU, it was peak Hawaii on the island. Very, very predictable, but also very, very frustrating because it did feel like this was the group to to be different, to find a way to win three straight, to get to a bowl, and unfortunately just came up short. So hopefully a lot of these guys are back. I think they have a lot of talent that they can build off of, but they've they've certainly got to figure it out, and there's some big decisions to be made this offseason. We'll see. We'll see. Shout out to all you for following along all football season long. We've still got plenty to go here with hoops, so make sure you stay locked in. We'll be talking recruiting for the football side as well. So it's going to be a busy month before we get to the holiday season. Stay warm. Much love, y'all. Always proud to be. Peace. Thank you.